Hey, D and Kate, Christopher Siege here. So I'm listening to the latest episode, D, and uh, I don't know where the fuck you've been for the past, like, however many years, but overnight oats are definitely a thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, keep it said, keep it wrong. Bye-bye. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and Ron. Yes, you're listening to Sick and Ron. The Sick and Ron, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, E. Simon. Hello, I'm the other host, Joe Rogan. What's cracking there, Rogan? Fucking wish I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look like Joe Rogan. Oh, thank fuck. He's an ugly fucker. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's just nothing really attractive about Joe Rogan. Neither in personality nor looks. Yeah, I don't, I don't get the appeal, but um, apparently I'm in the minority. I do like baiting folks who like Joe Rogan, though. I find it funny when bros. It's bros who love Joe Rogan. What Joe Rogan was talking about or <laughs> attempt to? Yeah. In, a, in an effort to uh, impress a woman. Yeah, well, that's the typical kind of mansplaining activity, isn't it? Well, they this don't, need to, do, wrong, but they don't need to do that. All they need to do is just go up to a girl, go on their phone, find a picture of Goatsy, and just show it to her. <laughs> that's what you do. And if she's like, <laughs> if she's into it, then she's then, a yeah. she's a grower. She, no, yeah. she's a she's keeper. A, yeah, definitely. I would agree with, more with that. Do you think Joe Rogan could investigate who was Goatsy? Because he seems like the type of cunt who would do something like that. No, I think Joe Rogan is, is Goatsy. <gasps> this is a world exclusive here on Sick or Wrong. You heard it first. Joe Rogan. I've always had my suspicions about that guy. <laughs> and his asshole. <laughs> well, just the, 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 I guess it's just the, how far that man could stretch his anus. He just seems like the type that could stretch. He's so strong. You know, he's such a muscular guy. He's he's flexible. He's he likes to fight with people and uh, spew knowledge on his show. I just think he's the type of guy that could really just stretch open his anus. I also think that his anus can stretch possibly further than anyone's anus has ever stretched before. And so many men would just love to stick their head inside the anus. And just be inside of Joe Rogan. That's what the men's want. They want to be inside of Joe Rogan. Well, that's where you find the source of his knowledge and wisdom. (laughs) And his power. (laughs) The source of his wisdom (laughs) is in his anus. Uh, The reason I'm bringing up Goatsy, did you know know of Goatsy? Was Goatsy a thing? Goatsy went is like the golden age of the internet back when like Ogrish, Rotten, like it was even before Two Girls One Cup. It was something awful. It was yeah, it was like something awful. Well, Steak and cheese. It was like, and then there was Goatsy. It was the original Rickroll. Yeah, because yeah, it, was it was one of those like you know shock out gags that you would do where because it because if you recall the JPEG that you would send to people just said hello.jpeg or there's a link that said hello.jpeg so people click on it and you know it's a manscaping hey, anus. A lot say. of people don't know you know about that meme anymore. It's like faded into obscurity. It is yeah, it has definitely become one of the oldest ones that people have got back because it was so gross. <laughs> it was so gross. I loved it though. I loved it. I thought that was it was the first time like. I remember I was just like, I saw the power of the internet and the I, entertainment value of the internet. I was convinced for the longest time that one man, one jar was Goatsy and that they were indeed the same person. I wouldn't be surprised. Because one man, one jar, when that jar breaks inside of his ass, he's he makes no noise. He just goes mm. a couple of times. But other than that, it's like he has done that before. 
It's a tough one to watch. Yeah, I've, you know, it's a, it was a hard one, but we've all been there. <laughs> well, the reason I'm bringing up Goatsy is uh, yester- uh, yesterday when we were recording uh, The Sick and Wrong News, News. Uh, we ended up doing a story about uh, the Charlie bit my finger kid. Remember that kid? I do. Hate that little. I bastard. hate. I hate all the children, Vine and memes, all that. It's not for me. Anyway, there's uh, the the two kids are growing up now, and they're deleting the video from YouTube and auctioning it off as an NFT, a non fungible token. Right. Which is a kind of a buzz term that's going around these days. But a non fungible token, to those who are unaware, is a unit of data stored on a digital ledger, which is called a blockchain, and that certifies that this digital asset is unique and therefore not interchangeable. So, you know, you have this unique um, asset that you could sell. Because you can prove, it's almost like watermarking something, because you can, like, prove this is the original asset. Yeah, we go deep into it, because I still don't understand how they can stop people ripping it off. I think it's just, uh, I think it has to do with the metadata on it. It's like right. you can prove, like, where it's from. So, like, uh, that, that girl, the disaster girl with yeah. the meme of the house burning, she did the same thing. She sold an NFT of that picture for, like, $500,000. Good for her. I mean, I don't know how much Charlie bit my finger kid's going to make. So, anyway, after we talked about it, I was just, I was just like, I wonder what an NFT of the original Goatsy.cx, the original image, would go for. We need to buy it. Well, I was wondering, can you even get it? So I went on like a wormhole kind of searching for Goatsy. <laughs> Your internet search. <laughs> well, if you go to Goatsy.cx, it's, it's actually, it's, not, it's offline now from what I could tell. Rest in um, peace. But well, it's had several incarnations. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's offline at the moment. Um, but uh, it kind of went, so, so people that don't know about Goatsy, it's a shock site. Just a static website, 1999, it came around. That's when it was launched. Kind of like the uh, the halcyon days of the internet, kind of the early early days when the internet was innocent. The people fun didn't times. know that you could like disgust people like this. Um, but it was like a, a, a grotesque image people would trick others into clicking links to. I still do that. I'm a 46 year old man, and I still do that. Yeah, you do enjoy that. Please don't send me that whisper video again. Oh, I plan to. I don't want to see the whisper video again. Thank you, Kiki, for sending that my way. I've <laughs> sent it to so many people. Um, Wikipedia puts it pretty rather succinctly. Goatsy's front page featured a picture entitled Hello.jpg showing a naked man widely stretching his anus with both hands. And the image is notorious. It's like kind of the best-known notorious uh, internet kind of gross-out meme. Yeah, it's definitely one of them. When you think uh, well, the other one that just came to mind then was Tub Girl. Yeah, remember her? Lemon Party. Lemon Party. Oh, Lemon meat Party was really funny. Wait, meat Tub Spin. Girl. Was that the the uh, old? No, Lemon Party is the old people. Yeah. What's Meat Spin? It's the guy that's getting fucked in the ass. His dick is spinning oh, around. Oh yeah. yeah spin. And I think they're they're playing that Dead or Alive song. In yeah. The, in the in the gift, I sent that to many people too. But yeah, Tub Girl was a favorite man. I used to send Tub Girl to people. So Goatsy launched in '99. And uh, kind of, you know, it was a, an artifact of the early days, the anarchic early days of the World Wide Web, as we used to call it. Um, so uh, they, they ended up like, I don't know exactly what happened. Something happened where he, they, they found his, his identity or the, uh, the identity of the person who owned the website, and they forced him to take it down, like the government did. Like they said, it was obs- obscene. And so it was, it was taken down, 
And then uh, they kind of, I don't know, the site still existed. Like the guy still owned the domain, famous domain. I mean, so many of people course. have been to GOATS. So it's G-O-A-T-S-E dot C-X, GOATSX, um, but GOATSE dot C-X. And so the, I think they kind of like, from what I could tell, were trying to find a new identity. And so what they did, because they weren't allowed to you know, publish any shocking images anymore, um, so the original owner shut down the site in 2004. It was brought. It was bought for more than ten thousand dollars by an anonymous entrepreneur, Joe who Rogan. Queried the something awful forums to ask what he should do with it. This is back in uh, 2004. Uh, the consensus was to launch an email provider, for which the owner raised twenty thousand dollars on Indiegogo in late 2012. Okay, I have my dates wrong. So it was shut down, and then 2012 is when he was trying to figure out what he should do with it. Right. So the forum suggested, how about a Goatsy Bitcoin, like a Goatsy coin? Nice. Yeah. So cryptocurrency. So then he tried to uh, change the site, the guy, the new guy, the entrepreneur who bought Goatsy.cx, to be about Goatsy coin, a brand new Bitcoin alternative cryptocurrency. And he was trying to get people to sign up for Goatsy coin. The youth of today will have had no idea, and they will have bought, bought, bought. Well... Uh, I would have, had I known about this, I definitely would have bought Goatsy Coin. Yeah. Who wouldn't buy Goatsy Coin? <laughs> He's your idol. <laughs> well, it didn't catch on very fast. Aww. And so the owner decided instead to throw his support to Dogecoin, which actually now is doing really well. Dogecoin is doing really good. Yeah. He's like a number one meme on Reddit at the minute as well. well good the, for the, him. Yeah, the cryptocurrency is doing really well. Um, but now uh, he ended up, he's, he's doing a new thing. This is about a year old, actually. I don't. Well, obviously the website's down now, so he's not doing it anymore. But he kind of stole an old school stunt from the Million Dollar Homepage. Do you ever remember this one? What was that? Two thousand five, a British man named Alex Two sold ad space on a page called the Million Dollar So a grid with one million pixels is a lot of the time. You know, I mean, each pixel costs a dollar. You know, now I mean, it doesn't really matter because. So one million pixels is like less than half of what's on an iPhone screen. Okay. But each pixel at the time cost a dollar, and buyers had to purchase at least ten a 10 by 10 grid. And he eventually sold the whole thing. Good for him. Yeah. Um, so the Goatsy domain owners are trying to do the same thing. But you have to buy space using the Ethereum cryptocurrency. So at, I think it's one cent. It was about 10 cents. So it's 0. 0.001 Ethereum per pixel. So that's about 10 cents. You can get a display ad and advertise anything you want. I would advertise Goatsy's ass, wouldn't you? Everyone should just buy it and just make a huge Goatsy. Oh, that would be so nice in remembrance of the man. Um, If you buy the ad slot, you own it forever, unless you transfer it to someone else. Right. And the announcement tells that Goatsy has received more than 10 million visitors since 2004, which if you think about it, is kind of low. That's like, how long ago? Almost 20? Almost 20 years ago, Was 18 years ago. Half of them would have been you going on there with one tear rolling down your Just face. crying. Remembering the better times now that you're old. <laughs> Joe Rogan, where are you? <laughs> Save um, me. But so, yeah, they uh, they only sold about 6,000 pixels. Which that's is nothing. still good, it's Six though. Ethereum. When, that's still, like, good. Six, like, kind of. I don't think I could sell 6,000 records. So, there you go. A few of the ads are from podcasters, aspiring YouTubers. Um, you. I, so I was like, after I saw that, I was like, you know what? I might try to buy, because I, I read the article, and I was like, I'm going to go, I was going to buy like a sick and roll podcast one and just put the logo. Nice. Because that'd be kind of cool. It would be but cool. But the site's down. Oh, 
So I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know what? We should buy Rotten.com. Is that even around? Is that even available? It's still, the last time I checked, I went on it. You could still look through the archives of it. I used to love that site. That's where, that was my main source daily. of news. I used to go on rotten.com daily, and I can still remember like the order of some of the pictures. That, that was my main that. source of news. Oh, daily bonus. It's kind of depressing that. Um, All good that things can't, must come to an end. Yeah, but you can't run a successful site of a man just gaping his anus open anymore. The world has gone puritanical. I don't know. We need I to did. get Joe Rogan on this. Long live Goatsy. Yeah. I salute you. Do you think uh, Goatsy ever gave himself an enema? And if so, what size of an enema? Like a bathtub size <laughs> one. The biggest tube that you could buy. It would have to be like bigger than like a two liter of soda. I'm not a plumber, but I imagine if I was to go into like the plumbing section of a hardware store, even they're all too big for Goatsy. Do they even make enemas that large? They do for Goatsy. I just don't think people typically use enemas like that size. Not anymore, but they yeah. definitely did. Have you ever had one, K Rambo? I've never had an enema of you. Ever? Never. Not even once. The way you're saying it is like, oh my god, I've had, I have them weekly. No, I never have had but one. Out of like the three hundred boyfriends <laughs> you've had, <laughs> none of them gave you an enema. <laughs> no. <laughs> Should they? Have? You know, I've never had one either. I've, I mean, I've had my fair share of X lax. But I've never actually done an enema. I've just never felt the need. Can you remember the enema revival of the early 2000s? When it was seen as like a was health that, benefit again. And there was like... Was just, that in Cumbria? It was everywhere. It was even on like... I remember on Jackass when they went and got an enema. And with Festivo. And that was just like they just wandered well, into this course, place. Of course, on Jackass. I could see that. But it was the early enema. I remember it was like a new health thing. And celebrities were like going to get them. And then along what? after that came bleaching assholes. Are, it you, was all wait, very... are you referring to the coffee enemas? Because that was a thing. No, it was like a just a regular enema was still seen as being healthy in the early 2000s. They totally had a revival. I fucking remember it. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I, guess, I guess I didn't take part. You know who probably did? Wackerly did and just never told me about it. Did he enjoy an enema? I'm sure he did. He looks the type. He does look like the type of guy that would <laughs> like like a clean colon. Yeah. You know? I like my colon clean. You know who else liked enemas? Who? Michael Hubert Kenyon. Well done. Yes. <laughs> He's an American criminal nicknamed the Enema Bandit. Of course he would be American. It's a great name, the Enema Bandit. Is this what your nickname would be? If I was a, a criminal? If, yeah. A criminal. Maybe, but it also implies that he's stealing enemas. <laughs> like, isn't that kind of weird? The Enema Bandit. It sounds like something, because you know in the olden days, like they were obsessed with giving people enemas, like the Victorians all yeah, the way all through did. to the 1950s. I mean, even the Romans gave people enemas. He was like, if there's anything wrong with you, enema. So I'd be like you, Dr. Enema, Enema of the State, D. Simon. He uh, pled guilty to a decade-long series of armed robberies of female victims, some of it which involved sexual assaults in which he would give them an enema. While they're asleep? While they're tied up? While they're tied he, up. Oh, shit. So they're totally awake. It's definitely a fetish. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's considered one of the most bizarre thieves of all time. Uh, Michael Kenyon was an armed robber who gave enemas to his victims. Uh, born in 1943 in Elgin, Illinois, he was also known as the Champagne Enema Bandit. Oh, that's fancy. The Ski Mast Bandit. Okay. And the Illinois Enema Bandit. I like the Champagne one the most. It implies a level of class there. 
the champagne enema? Yeah. I wonder if he used champagne for the enemas. I, I imagine it would have been like, what's a cheap, very cheap? Like over here, we have Lambrini. God. Oh, Books Fizz. Books uh, Fizz to, like, enema Corbell? Cornbell. No, Corbell. A Corbell. Yeah, Corbell is a pretty uh, shit champagne. It's like a sparkling Perry, as we would say. <laughs> Lambrini girls just want to get fucked. So he was responsible for at least 10 attacks between uh, May 1965 and May 1975. Um, actually, they don't know the exact figure of how many enemas he administered to his victims, but they say uh, they think at least about 10. Uh, one of his earliest attacks was on a March morning, 1966, in Champaign, Illinois. That's, oh, that's why he's called the Champagne. Oh, I totally bandit. was imagining him being a fancy lad. He climbed into a home through a window wearing a red argyle ski mask and carrying a gun. He uh, came into the bedroom of two teenage sisters, one 16, the other 18. He stole $70 from their wallets. He then tied them both up to the bed rails with uh, torn sheets and gave them both enemas. This is way more entertaining than the Golden State Killer. Like, already this is better. Yeah, he was just a rapist and murderer, He was right? just a fucking rapist with a tiny penis. I don't get where the fascination lies with the Golden State Killer. Well, this guy didn't really murder. He just gave enemas. Which is way more exciting wow. than just murdering. You sound pretty excited by it. Are you I'm sure you've never given yourself guy. an enema? Well, if a man strolled in my window, um, strolled through my window, like a man can, they just stroll through your window, <laughs> wearing a ski mask with some champagne, I'd kind of be a bit like, I'm down to party. Well, ski mask champagne, but what if he's just like enema bag? Enema bag. I'd be like, let's drink the champagne and see where this goes. <laughs> see, what, see what happens See what here. happens, you know, try anything once type deal. Spoken like a true northern slag. <laughs> um, the attacks ended in Champagne, but then started anew in Manhattan, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Los Angeles. So oh, he, he gets around. He gets, he gets around, yeah. Um, they did. He did kind of go on a brief hiatus. In 1967, he um, graduated from the University of Illinois at, at Urbana-Champaign with a degree in accountancy. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then there's a little bit of a break, and then eight years later, on uh, May 3rd, 1975, armed with a gun, he robbed and bound four sorority girls at the University of Illinois at a Champaign-Urbana sorority house. He gave two of them animals. While they watched... I don't know what the... I think he just tied up the other two. Right. This, there is something a bit horny about this. I know. This has to be a German Scheiser flick. Yeah, it sounds so? like it. Yeah. He's probably like a notable celebrity there, like a hist an important historical figure. The Enema Bandit's coming tonight. Um, so he gave two of the enema, or two of the women enemas, and then he stole $120 from their apartments. And after leaving, he was involved in a minor traffic accident uh, later that night, but uh, was not arrested. It's hard, it's hard to drive with a raging boner. I imagine it would be. I've never experienced it, but... Do you think that he kept the enema bags as a souvenir? I bet he did. Do you, I'm thinking, do you think he kept the water? Well, the water sprays out. Yeah. Oh, you do mean you he had it like, he sprayed out into a bucket? No. Into a receptacle that he's keeping. I'm wondering if he keeps using the same enema bag. Yeah, I think he does. Would you be upset about that? Yeah, I want it to be clean and proper if you're going to be doing medical stuff like this, let's see. Don't be buying, like, speculums off Amazon. They <laughs> get proper medical-grade stuff. But I, he might have because well, he sounds go... really into it. Well, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he's a fetishist. I mean, but this guy probably got it from, like, a, you know, like a pharmacy or something. He's doing pretty well to, like, keep them all quiet as, 
while they're all like two of them are being forced one water up their asses. Well, is it worse or better than being raped? Um, I think it's better. A million times better. Although it is a form of rape. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're still being raped, but is it better than like vet being vaginally penetrated? Yeah, definitely. Like less traumatic? I think it would still As a be woman, the same. Would this be less traumatic? I think it's the still still the same level as traumatic because he's still fucking penetrating you in ways that you don't want to be penetrated. But it is an enema, it's not a fucking cock being forced inside of you. But at the end of the day, you have a clean colon. And you have a clean colon that he's left you so with. So is he doing you a favor? Involuntarily doing you a he favor. He is involuntarily doing you a favor. That's what makes it such a double standard. This guy's kind of clever. <laughs> well, what if it was like, I don't know, like Colin Farrell giving you an enema? Like if he looked like Colin Farrell. Oh, hello, dear. Do you want a bit of enema in me? <laughs> so uh, Kenyon then returned to Champagne, and he started committing additional attacks, including three attacks on Cook County flight attendants. Oh, and this was the time that they were super sexy, wasn't it? When they were like the stewardesses of the sky. Yeah, it's like yeah, the, Pan Am day, the Pan Am era. Yeah, and they all know. had high standards, not like we have Short today. Short skirts. Nowadays, they're toothless. When <laughs> Who was it? I think it's a dead bug joke where he's like, nowadays there are men serving you. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> they had stewards back in the day, didn't they? No, no. not like they do now. Yeah. Um... In Southwest, they always have like really chunky, like sawn bust, not sawn busters, but pretty hefty flight attendants. And you're like, that's just not, unless they make the planes larger, that's not a, you know, good, a good, you know, career for someone who's like, these hefty. are the people who are also, if shit hits the fan, are supposed to like jump into action and kind of save you. But at the same time, if the plane is being taken over by terrorists, then they're a larger target for the terrorists to shoot at. So I can see the 50-50 on it. I don't know. I think it weighs the plane down a bit. A bit too much. <laughs> anyway, he committed additional attack, attacks on three Cook County flight attendants. Um, shortly afterwards, he took a job as an auditor for the uh, Illinois Department of Revenue. A fucking course he did. Right, do you know what? If anyone came up to me and said their job's an auditor, I would just like rather get cancer. Well, I think you definitely have some weird dark fetishes. If you're an auditor, that's just a boring job. You got to have an active imagination. You're, you're policing the accountants. I can't think of anything worse that you'd want to do with your time or your life than that. He was arrested uh, um, in uh, Palatine, Chicago, um, shortly after uh, the uh, the attack on the Cook County flight attendants. At the time, um, he was still working at the IRS. Uh, the police questioned him. He suggested. He told them that they should contact the Champagne police, and he revealed his identity <gasps> as the Illinois Enema Bandit. Was it like, I imagine it was like a Scooby-Doo moment, but instead of taking off the mask, they took like an enema bag off his head. But do you think he him. wore an enema bag on his No, he wore ski masks. I definitely reckon that this man filled enema bags full, full with his cum. What I think is kind of funny, it sounds like he had pride. You know, being called the Illinois Enema Bandit. And I bet you they were just like, I'm the Illinois Enema Bandit. And they're like, who? (laughs) Never heard of you, buddy. Enemas? Really? We've got Gacy waiting in the wings here. (laughs) You're an Enema Bandit. Under questioning by the Champagne police, he showed them the ski mask he wore to carry out the attacks, two shotguns, a pistol, and 17 Enema bags. So he was reusing them. I'm making that up. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You got me. 
After a session with a psychiatrist, he was judged to be legally sane. He stood trial December 1st, 1975. Uh, the next day, Champaign Assistant State Attorney Robert Steakman said if he did not want to get caught, he would not be in court today. That's why, that's why I'm thinking he was like arrogant and became boastful of this moniker. Well, it definitely happens. Look at the BTK. That's how he got caught. Well, that's a great name. Bind, torture, kill. Bind, torture, enema. BTE. That's what that guy was doing, though. Binding them, torturing them, and then giving them an enema. I guess if BTE. you consider an enema torture. Well, yeah, it is a torture when you don't fucking want one. Well, we're going to get to it in a second. A lot of people don't think it's torture. Ooh. Uh, Kenyon pled uh, guilty of six counts armed robbery. His lawyer, Ray Masucci, said that Kenyon was not sexually mature and that his behavior was a result of deep-seated neurosis. His mother. Probably. Are they playing the mother card here, saying that mummy gave him too many enemas and it stunted his sexual development? Well, it didn't really matter. The judge sentenced him uh, to 6 to 12 years in prison for each count. So six counts, that's 72 years. Oh, wow. But he was never charged for the enema assaults. Because how could you charge that? Is it grievous bodily harm? Is it because it's not... Well, this time it would be sexual assault now, but I don't know if they did that back then. Yeah, it would be sexual assault. Uh, he was paroled in 1981 after serving six years. What? Uh, so yeah. he, wait, so he was sentenced to 72 years and he served six fucking six years. years. Yeah. What the fuck? That is... Oh, actually, I think what year was that? The 19... 1981. Yeah, they released. did do a massive overhaul in the early 70s and the early 80s. They're like, did you kill anybody? No. Did they... you rape anybody? He's no. like, well, sort of. With what? And then I'm a back. Ah, you can go. Yeah, they did do that. Because that's how some of the Manson chicks got Well, one of them. He died in Chicago in 2004. It's not that long ago. How many enema bags do you think he got buried with? I don't know. I wonder if he had a favorite one. I bet he loved his autopsy. When Probably they had like a gold velour inside. one. Ooh, <laughs> filled with champagne. Had like sequins on it. Ooh, like Liberace. The Liberace. That's probably what he called it. <laughs> so, Clismophilia. Is a term coined by a uh, psychotherapist here named Joanne Danko and uh, reporting two case studies in the early 70s. Clisma is a Greek word for enema, and it's a very unusual variant of a sexual expression in which an individual obtains sexual pleasure from receiving enemas. Less commonly, some people get sexual pleasure from giving enemas to other people. Like our bandit friend here. Yeah, so this guy definitely was getting off. I mean, of course. Well, yeah. Why? Right. It's not like he's robbing great amounts. Why else would you be doing this? Well, I think he probably. I think he was obviously the money was just part of the opportunity. But it's not like he was like giving just anybody. Oh, he was know, choosing he, hot he, chicks. Yeah, he wasn't indiscriminate about it. He was going for hot sorority chicks, giving them enemas. He knows. He knows what he's into. Yeah, he had a fetish. So uh, enemas here, um, also called colonic douching. Um, it's typically used as warm water that's used to clean the lower rectum. Although other substances have been reported um, being used, such as coffee, yogurt, air. Air. Air? <laughs> yeah. It's not just some guy, like, licking you out. I just don't get it. <laughs> no, I'm picturing it, like, at a gas station when you go with the air thing to blow up your tires. That, that can kill you. It's that a dangerous game. That can fucking Love kill you. Love is a dangerous game, Kate Rambo. Um, whiskey. That's actually you would bad. have that. That's the one you would have. Wine, beer, cocaine. That's the trio never done I that would before. <laughs> Epoxy resin. That would kill you. And even cement. Which that would also to, kill you. To that These are fucking liars on this website. Which website were you on? Reddit, 
No, no, no. It wasn't Reddit. It was actually a, I don't know, it was a website that, was a, that seemed legit. Um, Anal Hernandez. <laughs> the author of this study. Colleagues in the Journal of, the, of Gastrointestinal Surgery reported a new case of an unemployed 27-year-old patient who self-administered epoxy resin, which is a masonry adhesive for anal sexual gratification. Was he trying to make like a cast of his um, rectum so he could sell it on Etsy? I think he's trying to plug himself up. I think he's trying to make a cast, cast so he can sell it on Etsy for some... A I've cast seen, of I've his s- colon? I've seen the dark side of Etsy, David. Have I you ever bought a cast of some man's colon? No, but I bet you have for your brother. Or I bet <laughs> I your brother I has. brother would want that either. I bet he would. Just like his no stranger to a colon. Just, you know, he can put it in his kitchen drawer and when his twinks come over, he can scare them with it. What would it. it look like? It would just be like a lump. A rectum. Do you not know what a rectum is? I, I know what a rectum is, but it I mean... It would look like it, a little tunnel that a mole rat crawls down. It would be like like a tunnel. It'd be filled up. Like It'd look like kind of like probably like a... That's the like bag. But, but I'm saying if you fill your rectum with resin and it hards, hardens and sets, it's going to have be the perfect cast of your rectum. I know, but that's what I'm saying. You fill the whole thing up. It's going to be a solid structure coming out. Oh, like a shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking that it would be like a little yeah, tunnel. I don't know what you thought it would be like a tunnel. It's like he's making a pipe. That's what I'm thinking it would be. Kate Rambo, like, what are you drinking over there? I am very tired, but I am also <laughs> drinking, which is the deadliest combination. Very tired and very horny. I'm well, listening to all this enema after talk. after all this talk of sorority chicks and stewardesses. Alfred Kinsey. The famous uh, sex actor. Oh, I love him. He's one of my Um, heroes. He surveyed the uh, sexual behavior of males and females in the late 1940s and early 1950s. Uh, He specifically mentioned women using enemas as a masturbatory aid. Really? Yeah. But no such practice was reported by males. I've never had... Maybe that was because, though, back in when he was conducting his studies in the 50s, masturbation was still not seen as something like women could just fucking do. So maybe if it's like, oh, you can do an enema because it makes you feel nice, then do it. Well, I think also, I don't think a lot of, uh, there's not much published research on clismophiliacs, so I don't think a lot of clismophiliacs are coming and talking about their sexual activity. I wonder how common it actually is. Because eminence aren't even popular these days. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's you know, I, I do think like it's a fetish. Like uh, Kink dot com would have enema porn. You can go to like you know BDSM clubs. They do enemas. Yeah, but it's I definitely mean, a thing some people are into. Oh, completely. But it's just not like what it was at the height. Like in the fifties, everyone was once a week you'd have an enema. Well, I know I, loads of serial killers who. But were, were they doing it enemas. sexually? No, but I think you you build up a kind of kink to it because it must feel good. Well, it does, apparently. Uh, Kinsey's research provided evidence that clismophilia was engaged in by women, as with most paraphilias. However, it was males who were much more likely to be clismophiliacs. Big surprise there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Typically, uh, clismophiliacs uh, report discovering their sexual desires after being given enemas, sometimes in their childhood. By mommy. Yeah, they suggest that clismophilia arises in children who receive them as children... By a loving and affectionate mother. It's always the fucking mums, isn't it? They always turn around and blame it on mummy Ed Kemper. But you know what? There comes a point where you just get the fuck on with your life. And you don't kill them. (laughs) You don't develop an enema fetish. It's when the enemas stop. That's when they kill. (laughs) Um, Most most fetishists prefer to receive enemas. 
Uh, but there are those who are uh, more disposed to administering them to others, um, like our buddy here, uh, Michael Kenyon. Um, so uh, one man here from a case study would give himself enemas while imagining giving one to a woman. This strange autoerotic fantasy in which he felt the sensation of being filled up, he envisioned himself becoming the woman. Wow. And that's the only way he can wank. <laughs> Apparently. Never uh, blows your dress up. <laughs> he also reported practice in which he would visit a drugstore and approach sales girls and ask them to explain how an enema worked. Oh, that's filthy. For this man, hearing just hearing the word alone would send him into a sexual frenzy. And then he'd open up his trench coat and he would just have a big woody. <laughs> I just think it's great. I wonder if he'd wear like really tight pants. So they could see his boner. I just wonder if he, like, what he, like, his technique. Would he, would he just carry on and be like, so, oh, what, what is this gizmo? Like, how does this thing work here? I'm, I'm really curious. Can you tell me? And it's like a 16-year-old girl. She's like, well. <laughs> you sound like you've done that before. I might try it out. In Maybe. Walmart. <laughs> I just trying to get intros for the podcast. <laughs> Uh, Clismophilia, as with all fetishes, is much more prevalent among males because we are deviants. Yeah. Uh, when the liquid enters the bowels, you want me to say that again, Kate Rambo? You yeah, go like, on. You looked excited, like your eyes lit up when, <laughs> I, when I said that. Uh, pressure is applied to the back wall of the rectum, which is right next to the prostate and seminal vesicles. Aside from the benefits of intense anal stimulation, the sensation of being fulfilled and the consequential sensation of release once the enema reaches completion is a source of intense satisfaction, apparently. So that's like the same thing as like sometimes you'll have a shit and it'll make you a little horny. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Did you build a little net for like a little like a little mattress for this shit? You lay every time you go to the toilet, you should lay a mattress. Wait, it's are polite. you saying you get pleasure, like sexual Sometimes. pleasure, from squeezing out like a, a big turd? It doesn't have to be big. It just has to be the right turd. It can make you a little horny. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> no, don't lie. Everyone experiences it. I do not get You've boners definitely... <laughs> after when I'm shitting. No, no, well, you just get a little horny because it felt really good. Probably because of the pressure and then it coming out because it'll have been pressing on all of you. It's like when you're being fucked anally as a woman by a man, it feels good. Does it feel like a passing a turd? <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't do this show when I'm like this. <laughs> This People is Kate. I'm like five hours me. of sleep, and all hopped up on that. What are you drinking over there? What are you drinking? I've had some. Can't really tell. I've had some Bordeaux, and I'm about to crack open a beer. <laughs> it's a dangerous combination. Pounding the Pepto Bismol. Anyways, it's true. <laughs> like varting. Well, the sensation of being fulfilled does is pleasurable um a lot of clismophiliacs and you you might be included in this in this i've never had an enema though um but a lot of them feel an affinity for the feeling of being bloated and the sight of a distended belly or pretending to be constipated in order to get the unsuspecting person to administer an enema is all part of the fetish oh i see no i hate being bloated and like as a woman about every 
27 days I become bloated not through choice and I have to avoid salt so I'm not I'm not for this some people completely replace gentle intercourse with enema play some people as are you talking about yourself <laughs> Is this what's happened to you since you've moved to West Hollywood and you've been there for a year? I'm just saying getting pleasure from having a shit might be a stepping stone (laughs) into enema play. It's not every shit, honestly. (laughs) I can't wait for the people to message me in secret because I love the secret messages where people are like, don't read this out on the show, but you're right. They're the messages that please me the most. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, brother or sister in arms. So when you're shitting, I'm just trying to picture this. Do you have like a finger on your clitoris? <laughs> Not all the time. <laughs> just in the special times. You just have the Hitachi just like buzzing. <laughs> you should not have electrical products in the bathroom. It's very dangerous. Uh, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, would you be like, would that totally kill it for you if you met a guy and he was trying to like replace the gentle intercourse with enema play? Well, of course. I, w- I want to shag and I want to be shagged. That, I think Shakespeare said that. <laughs> I don't think he said, um, let's replace the shagging with enema play. I want an enema and I want to give you an enema. I think. Uh, and I want it now. <laughs> like, no, it's not going to happen. That mate. wasn't Shakespeare. That was also Shakespeare, Sir William. <laughs> um, accidental rectal trauma and the lodging of foreign bodies in the gastrointestinal tract have been reported in medical literature um, with, with, as a result of a lot of uh, people who engage in clismophilia. Of course. You know, um, one of the most notorious cases here was reported by uh, Dr. Peter Stevens and uh, Dr. Mark Taff in the American Journal of, of American Pathology. They wrote about a young man who turned up at the hospital complaining of intense rectal pain. After an exam by the doctor, it became apparent that there is a stony, hard mass lodged in the man's rectum. Upon further questioning, the patient revealed that uh, four hours earlier, he and his boyfriend had been fooling around. As one does. And uh, after stirring a batch of concrete mix, the patient (laughs) laid on his back with his feet against the wall at a 45-degree angle while his boyfriend poured the mixture, the concrete mixture, through a funnel into his rectum. So was the thinking in that that they were going to create like the perfect dildo that would be his ass ass shaped? Is that the thinking there? How the fuck would I know that? (laughs) I think that's the thinking there, isn't it? No, you know, I I think it's that whole thing of being being filled up. Filled. I, th- I think that's probably part of the pleasure. It's like your stomach's distended, filled. you're being filled with concrete. My, my question is, how the fuck do you think you're going to get that out? It's concrete. It's going to kill you. That's how the mafia kills you. They do stuff they like that. fill your ass up with concrete? Do you want the mafia are sick fucks? And back in the day, they would do stuff like that for sure. They, mis- they used to fill people up by making them ingest concrete. So I wouldn't put it past them from doing Should something do a it. bit homo like that. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Well, they did remove, they did remove the uh, the concrete mass. Um, he had surgery, and on removal, a ping pong ball was also found. <laughs> and this is interesting because I, I never would have thought about this. But the reason a ping pong ball was also found in his rectum was because clismophiliacs use the ball as a plug to promote retention and increase stimulation. But on top of the ping pong ball, was there a half-eaten lima bean? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, the use of such of, of a device suggests that this person was an experienced clismophilia. Knew what he's doing. Yeah. 
I was thinking just then, like, how I think a, like a glitter enema would that not be like popular with the kids? A glitter if you were to like start like a chain of glitter enema bars. I'm trying to think of ways we can monetize like this. a glitter enema bar. Like you go to a bar, well, like give the yourself kids a glitter, love, and you know, glitter bath and just bombs. you shit out glitter. Yeah, the kids love bath bombs. The glitterier, the better. If we like a glitter enema, I think kids would love to see glitter. You know, kind of like I like the cut of your jib here, Kate Rambo. I'm thinking. This could be a good gag at a strip club because you never know when it might pop off. And next thing you know, it's like you're in the front row and then boom, you're like, you know, glitter enema just shoots all over your Men's face. Men's would love that. Yeah, Men's could, would be down for that. We're monetizing this. TM. Glitter Gulch. Glitter Gulch. TM. Sick and wrong. Check out our glitter critters. <laughs> I think this would be good. I, I I'm could, down for this. I'm creating DJ the website um, straight after this while I sleep. Well, maybe you should change your name from Kate Rambo to Anal Hernandez. <laughs> I um, do love that name. <laughs> Anal Hernandez. It's Anil, actually. A-N-I-L. No, it's Anal. <laughs> I like saying anal. Anal Her- Hernandez and colleagues inc- conclude in the Journal of Gastrointestinal Surgery as the exploration of anal eroticism increases in popularity. As more and more northern slags get off while taking shits, big, <laughs> large shits in their uh, bathrooms up in northern England, um, more and more cases of complications will uh, will uh, be a direct result of their abuse. Because think about it, they're going to be shoving more and more things into their asses. Well, that's it. it's so true nowadays, isn't it? The kids, we've got the callers who ring in and say that this woman sending me pictures of her asshole before she's even said hello. Kids are fixated on the ass nowadays. I'm telling you, glitter enemas, it's the future. We can make money off this. There's a guy, I think I've, I've talked about him on the podcast before, maybe it was before your time, but um, he was my roommate when I first moved to San Francisco. Uh, he ran a, a website called mulletsgalore.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mullet Jeremy. Uh, Mullet Jeremy was my roommate, and uh, he also worked at like a, it was like back then in the, when they had photo marts, so you can go get your film. You yeah, developed. Yeah. They've still got them here. In Do they have photo labs here? Yeah, they still have them here. And definitely, you. It's rare to find. Now it's like you got to go to a fucking like Rite Aid or a Walmart, or like a Walgreens, and you use those little booths. It's not even a booth. It's like a little uh, kind of kind of like a computer. They print it out for you right there. There's no way you could be like printing out pictures of you know of, of your girlfriend's like split vag. I think it's been difficult always though, isn't it? Because they used to put that little sticker on it. Can you remember the little sticker when they would put it on and be like, in this country at least, it would be like, this photo might be offensive. And it would just be like, they'd, they'd stick it over that your over your, over your like boyfriend's over cock. Yeah. I can't believe they developed it. Well, this is Britain, mate. We didn't invent slap and tickle. We're no strangers to it. Don't you guys have that show Naked Attraction? <laughs> oh, yeah, we do have yeah. Naked Attraction. <laughs> so you're, so I'm, I'm surprised they even censor that if you get a picture of your uh, dick. Yeah, we're pretty like li- weirdly liberal. But also at the same time, horrendously straight laced. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know what they do. If, I think I don't know. Um, he was saying that he was like, if someone came in and brought some, uh, you know, sexual pictures, he's like, we're going to develop it. We're also going to make copies, copies of it. I always imagine that's what happens. So he was saying that a lot of. Uh, so anyway, he had a he had a big, like a like a it was like a big packet full of all the pictures he stole. And so one day we were looking at him. We made like a coffee table book. And then we themed it out because lots of lots of different themes of these pictures. A lot of like grown men naked laying with their dogs, not oh. f- not fucking the dogs, just laying with their dogs. A when they're of, drunk and their wife's taking the picture because it's hilarious. Maybe yeah, probably. Um, a lot of pictures of uh, men 
like smiling next to the huge massive turds that they made. <laughs> Steel. A lot of those. Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys like John Steele. Uh, John Steele might be like this guy too, but this is one of my favorite series. There's this man who would go in Golden Gate Park and hang from tree branches with a Barbie doll, sometimes three Barbie dolls, just shoved right up his ass. Do you think that was Goatsy? Because Goatsy's from San Francisco, isn't he? No, he's from uh, Czech Republic. Oh, I thought Goatsy was American. No, they say, no one knows who he is, but they say he's he's Kirk Johnson, this uh, this European porn star. Oh, I heard he was American. No, they, uh, some journalists thinks he tracked him down, but no one really knows for no sure who he is. No one ever know the mystery of Goatsy. He's like the Zodiac Killer. I'd love to find out who Goatsy I'd love to get Goatsy as a guest on this podcast. Me too. I've heard he's dead. Well, if you're getting up to those types of shenanigans, you know, infection's going to set in. It's going to yeah. eat you from the ass out. Um, so uh, the story of Michael Kenyon, you know, the uh, the Illinois enema bandit, uh, there, there was um, several things from popular culture that referenced uh, this this notorious oh, okay. villain, this enema villain. So uh, people might know or have heard of Frank Zappa and unfortunately been inflicted the pain of listening to <laughs> his music. To say, please, no. You know, actually, I don't hate all... There are some Zappa songs I do like. I like Zappa as a person and as a man, I admire him, but his music is not for me. There, there's some... Uh, Guitar Tried to Kill My Mom is a cool song. He did some really cool stuff with Captain Beefheart, but for the most part, it's to me, it kind of just sounds like prog jam. It's just like music the music and, of the white yeah. man. Like, it's not but anyway, um, he did a song called The Illinois Enema Bandit. Let me play a bit of it here. And now, folks, it's time for Don Pardo to deliver our special Illinois Enema Bandit type announcement. Take it away, Don! This is a true story about a famous criminal from right around Chicago. This is the story of Michael Kenyon, a man who is serving time at this very moment for the crime of armed robbery. It so happens that at the time of these robberies, Michael decided to give his female victims a little enema. And that's enough. We're not going to listen. The song is like 12 minutes long. As most Zappa songs are. Who's listening to a 12-minute song? Um, people on acid. It's Meshuggah. Um, but yeah, he had that, that song came out. It's, he used to do it as live performances where they would jam away. A jazz composer named Henry Threadgill recorded Salute to the Enema Bandit on oh, his cool. 1986 album, Air Show Number 1. Not listening to that. I hate jazz. Um... But my favorite thing that uh, my my favorite piece of uh, pop culture here that referenced Kenyon, the Illinois Anima Bandit, um, was the 1976 adult film Water Power, starring Jamie Gillis. Wait, you're telling me about a vintage porn that I've never seen? Well, yeah. of course I've never seen it. It's about enemas. It's not my type of vintage. It porn. seems like this would float you both though. It's it's got Jamie Gillis, who was a popular 70s porn star. Yeah. Um. I didn't even write down who else was in it. But there's like several other 70s porn chicks. Weren't all they the, all, all the same the, people in them? All, in all the those men, movies? The men and the women will all be babes. There's no ugly person from the 1970s. Um, Jamie Gillis, uh, this this movie here, Water Power, is later reissued under the title Enema Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the original movie is called Water Power. came out in 1977. And it was about a guy named Bert, who was a solitary man. 
with a lot of free time on his hands. <laughs> uh, he was determined. He lives in New York City. He wanted to find something that will sufficiently scratch him where he itches, if you uh, catch my drift. Um, well, he, you know, he just kind of wandered around New York City. That's what's kind of cool. I watched a little bit of the, uh, I just watched, you know, maybe maybe the whole of it, thirty to forty-five minutes of uh, this movie for research. It was for research only. That's what I call. I it only too. watched it four times. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a there's a point of it where he's just kind of wandering Forty Second Street in Times Square, New York, in the seventies when it was like really seedy. So this is like the taxi driver uncut that um, Scorsese didn't make. But yeah, this could've. is pretty much if Travis Bickle was into enema porn, Which, yeah, instead of murder. So he's wandering around 42nd Street, and uh, he kind of gets bored, and then finally he uh, finds an establishment that uh, piqued his interest called the Garden of Eden, a sort of high-end sex palace for uh, discerning reprobates. Um, there he meets the joint hostess, Gloria Leonard. She was a porn star, famous porn star at the yeah, time. Yeah, I know Gloria Leonard. She's um, hot. She was kind of hot, actually. In this. She, she is was, like, hot. in black boots and stockings. Um, she was. She told him that selecting the perversion that is right for you is a very important step for a man. It is, and a woman. Yeah, she said, um, "An unperverted man is an unhappy man." Oh, I agree with that. So uh, she listed a wide array of depravity for Bert to choose from to find out what he's into. Right off, a bunch of kinky acts, including BDSM, panty worship, feathers, cross-dressing, <laughs> emasculation, <laughs> spanking. And podophilia. 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 Oh, podophilia. Yeah, it's a sexual attraction to podcasters. No one, no one has ever had that, and they never, ever, ever will. I'm lying. It's a sexual attraction to feet. It's a weird name for that. Mm, podophilia. Isn't it just kind of a weird name? Well, what's the Latin, Latin word for feet? I don't know. Well, that will be what it is then. Um, while rifling through the many services they provide, Bert is intrigued by the words... High colonic. <laughs> Not knowing what it was exactly, you know, he uh, the hostess informed him that there's one going on right now. And so she kind of walked him into a theater, like an operating theater. What a coincidence. Like a surgery dink. operating theater. And allowed him to watch an enema being performed by, a, like, a, I guess he was, a, I don't know if he's an actor or whatever. Well, obviously an actor. But I think he was a cl- supposed to be a client posing Steven. as a doctor. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. And as the murky water exited her thoroughly lubricated anus both the doctor and bert ejaculate at the same time while looking at each other well there were no the, the one guy was getting sucked off by the nurse and the other guy was just sitting there wanking it as well say if they were looking at each other in the eyes that's a bit gay but i have a bit of the scene here so uh, let me Brilliant. let me play uh let me play a bit share your screen with me <laughs> What was that one he said uh, before? Uh, All cultures, uh, English, French, no, Greek. Uh, uh, before high. Uh, colonics, high colonics. Are you interested in the high colonics? Uh, I, I don't know what it is. Uh. Well, it just so happens that one is being administered right now in our operating theater. Would you like to sit in? Sure. All right. Colonics are definitely in this year. High colonics and infantilism in particular. It's the fetish of the year. Not to be missed. I, I just know that you'll enjoy it enormously. It's, it's the rage. 
I'm going to try to skip ahead to where the uh, the actual enema. What you use today for your enema, Pamela. As you notice, the bag has a tube attached to it and a clamp. Now for the most important part, the selection of a nozzle. At first I thought I would use a standard nozzle, but I don't know. For Pamela. Pamela is an uncommon girl, therefore I think she needs an uncommon enema. That's why I choose the Bardex inflatable nozzle. <laughs> and so it goes on like that. He gives her an enema, and uh, they're both just like. And then everyone her. comes. Yeah, no, they're they're watching her like shit it out, and they're both coming. It's uh, yeah, it's very arousing. There's a lot of coming. There's a lot of going. Water power. I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, go check it out. So clismophiliacs often feel shame and attempt to hide their enema habits, Kate. But don't feel shame that you get off while having a huge turd. <laughs> don't. don't feel shame about that. Embrace it. I don't. It's part of living. L-I-V-I-N. Uh, but it's much more common than people realize. Uh, the enema fetish is far from mainstream. That's true. But it has a long, complex history. Ancient Romans used enemas for pleasure. And uh, one subject in a case study insisted that Henry David Thoreau Famous American author, Henry David Thoreau, wrote the book Walden, a reflection upon simple living and natural surroundings. That Henry David Thoreau, he once said that the most important trait in a wife is that she could give a good enema. Dirty fucker. Well, Kate, I think uh, the takeaway here from this intro is if you don't want to end up being a lonely, thornback spinster living with your cat... You might have to learn how to give a good enema. No, I'm I'm pretty happy being a, a lonely spinster, <laughs> not giving enemas, but receiving pleasure sometimes when I have a shit. People, it's episode 792 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Um, hopefully Kate shares some more about her shit and sexual habits. Uh, but we have news stories coming up next. Uh, but uh, first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Hello, Sick and Wrong patrons. In case you haven't noticed, and judging by the numbers you haven't, Sick and Wrong has their very own Patreon page, where you can find outtakes, extra stories, extra phone calls, and a whole lot more. These guys are putting out at least another hour to a week of additional content. To put it in perspective, here are some things that are more expensive than a $5 a month membership on Patreon. A pack of smokes. A value meal at any drive-thru. One $6 whore. Three $2 whores. A $10 crack rock. A six-pack of beer. A beer at pretty much any club. One movie ticket. Two joints. And two gallons of petrol. Hell, when you break it up, it costs less than 17 cents a day. And that's cheaper than feeding a starving African child. So sign up and help these Jews continue to craft the fine podcast we all enjoy so much today. So the first story we have here uh, has to do with a Florida woman who allegedly crashed a children's birthday party and uh, raped a teenager. Oh, that was going somewhere fun, and then you just had to kill my buzz at the end then. That is fun in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A Florida woman crashed a children's birthday party and uh, raped a 17-year-old boy in front of another child. How old is the other child? 12. Whoa. Sounds traumatic. Well, wait till you find out how much she weighs. Okay. 
Um, Jessica Ray Good, who looks remarkably like Mama June from, you remember Honey Boo Boo? Yeah, I remember Honey Boo Boo. I never Honey watched Boo-Boo's Honey Boo Boo's ma'am. I'm very aware of her yeah. and her existence. I don't, she's like a triple sod buster. How much does she weigh, do you think? I think she's even too fat for Martin or Steele to have attempted. Yeah, probably. She's too too much of it. She's like queen of the sod busters. Um, Jessica Ray Good, 43 years old, was arrested Wednesday after the teen, the 12-year-old. Um, oh, wait, not the 12-year-old. The victim, the teen, the 17-year-old, told the Stafford at his high school that he was sexually assaulted over the weekend at a home in Port Charlotte after a birthday bash. So this is in uh, Charlotte, what is that, South Carolina? Yeah, North Carolina, Charlotte. Is it North Carolina? Yeah. I always forget. I thought Charlotte is in North Carolina. It's supposed to be hip. It's supposed to be really cool. Yeah, I don't know. I it's don't up and coming. Um, Good had been out drinking with a friend. You don't say. Before crashing... The celebration for another teen on May 9th. She's like that meme. You know that meme when it's like when your girlfriend comes home drunk from the bar at 3 a.m. and she wants that dick and you don't want to give her that dick. She is coming in like that. Yeah, but she's like the size of like a hippopotamus. That's what I mean. You're just going to have to give her it. She's not going to take no, no for an answer. Um, So she crashed this party drunk. Awful. Hungry for dick. And and, uh, everything else in the cupboards. That uh, that her uh, wing woman um, <laughs> went to bed. I I kind of like how this forty three year old sawbuster is just crashing teens' birthday parties. Uh, so yeah, some people get that way, don't they? Well, I wonder if it's her friend's kid. Yeah, they'll probably be like casually knowing each other. Because at forty three, could you you could have a seventeen year old at forty three? Um, in this country you could, but ooh, in Florida you definitely could. You'd be a grandmother at, at forty three in Florida. <laughs> Um, after returning home intoxicated, Good continued to, quote, hang out with the juveniles at this party. How's it going, fellow kids? Making extremely inappropriate sexual comments. Me. (laughs) And providing the 17-year-old victim with alcohol. Oh, just like plying it down his throat, probably. Well, you know, at that age, I'd have had no qualms about flirting with a fatty for some Coors Light and a couple shots of Fireball. I would have been the same. I would just want the booze. I wouldn't want the sex talk. I'd just be like, tee-hee-hee, give me the booze. I would have been laughing about it and probably (laughs) uh, making jokes back to her, but I definitely would have been taking the booze. Are you sure you wouldn't have had a little finger in the pie? Oh, I don't know. Should eat that finger. <laughs> Did a uh, drunk dad ever allow your friends to come over and party? Um, my dad sometimes would crash the party. Really? Well, like with he... his pants on. <laughs> my dad is a nice uh, man. That's what I call a party. This is a party. <laughs> um, we'd all be drunk hanging out if he heard us in like the kitchen after we'd come back. Because sometimes I get back from like band practice or whatever really late. Because I like lived there. Well, so I'm talking about when you're in high school. Oh, in high school. Like, did um, he let your friends come over and say, like, as long as you don't drive, you guys can uh, drink some of my white wine? He would never share his booze. He's an alcoholic. Alcoholics don't share their booze. Covet their booze. It, it, he's ba- I had to go and buy his booze pretty much daily well, for him. Well, did you ever steal any booze with your when your friends came over? No, I would steal booze from my mum, though, because my mum only drinks one day a year. What, was it Guy Fawkes Day? <laughs> it's a one day, you know. No, my mum has like um, vodka and Diet Cokes on Christmas Eve. Oh, so you steal vodka? 
I would say we'd steal vodka. But generally, I had other friends whose houses I would like dive around to, and we'd go and like their parents would be like, "Oh yeah, just go in the shed and help yourself to beers." I always thought that my parents were not like that. I mean, we had parties when they were away, which they were really pissed about, but. My parents would never be like, yeah, sure, invite all your friends over. We'll go buy you some beer. You guys can get drunk, but give me your keys. But my friend, I had friends like that. I remember, yeah, me uh, too. Um, I'm not going to mention his name. But uh, his parents would do this all the time. Like, you'd go over there, and it, but they would take your keys, so you had to spend the night. But it was just like a bunch of teens getting wasted and we would all be fucking around like i would you know making out with making out with, with whatever <laughs> no i mean there's usually this kid was kind of a, a popular kid i'll point you up like the parties that i would go to where it was like the parents were around were never that raucous but it would be a case of the booze is like unlimited we usually be at the end towards the end of the night you'd like if you could up. I'm obviously it happened very rarely for me, but well, it did happen it did. a couple times. Yeah, and you're not just talking about you and Kessler snogging in the corner. Well, he was wearing a wig. No, I just think that's all you had. <laughs> no, I mean, I think uh, I wonder, I'm trying to think if Kessler ever scored at one of these. Kessler was just in the corner eating ruffle chips and um, French onion dip, was he not? No, he, 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 some, he had a girlfriend, he had a girlfriend, uh, senior year. Who liked playing the tiny penis contest with him? She liked the band. Uh, God, what's that band? Whoa, take the money and run. Woo, woo. Warren? Steve Miller Band. She liked the Steve Miller Band. Yeah. Oh, my God. She totally sucks cock. Oh, no. It was, it was terrible. I remember they broke up, and he bought third row Steve Miller at Pine Knob in, oh. like, a 1991. To get back with Yeah. And she was like, no. And so then he's like, do you want to go to this? And I was like, fuck no. And so he tried to sell the tickets and he couldn't. And he was just like, I will give you, I will buy weed. And, and you, you know, if he come with, if he come. And I was like, you're going to buy the weed. And so we got really, really high. Drove all the way out to fucking Pine Knob, which is in Pontiac, Michigan. And sat in the third row of, of the Steve Miller show. And, and surprisingly, a ton of hot girls. Like all these hot college girls. I was, you were probably the youngest man there. Yeah, we were, I don't know, what, 17? Yeah, surrounded yeah. by all this puss puss. Super hot college girls. I was like, this is this blows my mind. I'd and have been I, like, look at those two Jew boys. They must be on a date. But that was one of the days when I'm like, wow, majority of people listen to just shit, awful music. They do. And Steve Miller is the king of shit, yeah. awful White music. White people listen White to music. awful, awful music. Um, but yeah, so they must have been at one of these parties where, you know, the mom's just like, sure, we, you guys can have booze. Let yeah. the teens get a little drunk. Well, Fatty was giving that, handing out Well, like drinks. I said, Charlotte's like a hipster town. There's a lot of like cool breweries there. So it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, parents are like, you can get loaded on my brew dog. Yeah, it's kind of lax on the, uh, yeah. the, the minors with booze rules. A uh, 12-year-old girl at the party told deputies that she was asleep on a beanbag in the home. Very comfy. When she was awoken by the sounds of two people porking. <laughs> they were like full on, literally, porking. She's <laughs> a porker. Uh, she heard these people, two people having sex. So the girl, who's just a foot away. What? That's 12 inches. We've all done it though, haven't we? We've been having sex in the room, trying to be quiet, and there's other people in there. What, in front of... Preteens? No, not in front of preteens, but we've definitely all done it. God, the revelations coming out of K Rambo <laughs> today. 
getting off while taking a shit and having sex in front of pre-tweens. No, pre- not pre-tweens. Not pre-teens. I, like, I don't think I've even hung out with kids since I myself was a child. I cannot stand them. I will do the bare minimum acquired of me and then just get the fuck away from those tiny evil little hands that they have. But we've all had sex while someone else at parties, while other people are in the room asleep. We've all done it. Oh, I've done it. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah, it's we've all done before. it. Yeah. Um, you ever had sex on top of a bunk bed while her roommate is sleeping on the bottom bunk? Well, if you have bunk beds, you are like too young to be shagging. No, college. Oh, dorm. well, then, no, that doesn't happen here because we have like halls. Well, they're you not have a bunk separate beds, room. they're lofted beds. But no, actually, they have bunk beds too. Yeah, no, like bunk beds are for children, David, and they, no sexual activities, only fun activities. There's more room for activities, but not for a sexual type. Jimmy Savile said the same thing. <laughs> Um, So the girl is just a foot away, literally 12 inches from Mama June raping a 17-year-old. A Subway sandwich away from her. And I bet she was probably eating a Subway sandwich as she was raping this boy. And so the uh, 17-year-old teen whispered to the girl, help me. (laughs) Whispered, help me. Yeah, shit. Yeah, help me while hitting it doggy style. Smacking that ass, taking her to pound town. Um, the boy later told deputies that Good forced him, herself on him after he had fallen asleep, claiming he was unable to push the woman off of him due to her size. Her girth. Um, the arrest report states Good is listed at 250 pounds. That's a big lady, in jail man. records, yeah. That's, like, um, that's nearly like Elvis at the age of death. Uh, 250 pounds was he about that big yeah he was fucking he was massive he was like 24 stone when he died wow maybe that's 350 is that what John Candy was as well 22 stone yeah John Candy was a big man he was a puddle of a man when they found him he was a big man Um, but but think about this though so you're sleeping this huge woman just lays on top of you at at that point it's either you gotta fuck Mama June or suffocate oh fuck it's a conundrum isn't it I feel sorry for the 17-year-old boy. Do you think he was a virgin as well? That's this what I was is saying. Like, it's, I was thinking now that. how he's been introduced to the world of sex. It Hell of a way. Sucks. Hell of a way to lose your virginity. I he hope l- she's going to get a good sentence. Well, I hope he calls this podcast and uh, tells us a story. Oh, in about three years' time. <laughs> he probably years. He probably will. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, God, can you... Just how traumatic would that be? You got raped by a 250-pound sodbuster. At yeah. a child's birthday party. Yeah. Well, she's a vile human being. And the 12-year-old. I don't know what's going to happen. She saw all of this go Which down. Which is also traumatic for her. Yeah. God. At one point, the boy got up to use the bathroom. And he vomited. The 12-year-old girl told deputies. He came back to the... I don't even know if they're on the floor if they're in a stable, on a couch. <laughs> um, the pair continued. After he had vomited, the pair continued having sex. Oh, my God. She just went at him again. Yeah. She's a fucking cunt. And then uh, Good got her belongings left the home. Do you think he vomited from uh, drinking too much booze? Or do you think he saw, like, her beached whale silhouette in the moonlight? He totally. And just rouse. You know what it was? It was, like, the pressure of her body on top of him. It just like you know, it caused him to like vomit. The story would have been better if he had just like died while having sex. <laughs> yeah, just crushed. <laughs> oh, and then it would also make her a necrophiliac instead of just a rapist cunt. 
A good told investigator she had blacked out and does not remember any illicit sexual contact. But there's a 12-year-old who saw you. There is a 12-year-old. You've got a witness. It doesn't matter if you've blacked out from too much drink or not. It's at that point where you'd be like, do you know what? Maybe I do have a fucking problem with drinking and I hold my hands up and I've fucked these kids' life up. So, like, throw, throw whatever sentence you want at me, Judge. Well, it's illegal in Florida for an adult to have sex with a minor, even if the activity is, is consensual. Ooh, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that at all. But some exceptions do exist. Okay. Yeah, if you're related, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, good here of Punta Gorda. Punta Quinte. Punta Gorda. Um, she was charged with two counts of child abuse, two counts of unlawful sexual activity with a minor. And uh, she was re- she was released after posting a hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond. Not sure where she got that money. Uh, it's unclear she if she hired an attorney. No, oh, possibly. Mm. Uh, court records show that Good has no criminal history in Charlotte County. So she does fucking now. I wonder if she'll be. Uh, I wonder if she'll get off on good behavior. Parole. I hope not, because you know what? I always think in these cases. So if you're a male pedophile. They'll be, they'll do telly shows about you. They'll hunt you in the streets, and when you go to jail, they'll burn you and throw like hot butter and sugar mix in your face till you get third degree burns. But always with cases where it's like a woman rapes a boy, it's always seen as a bit more jokey, isn't that, it? That one is a big, huge, fat sod. No, no, no. I'm not saying like we're taking the piss out of her. She's a fucking awful human being. But I hope that she gets a sentence like what a man would get, what a male pedophile would get. Well, and that would be fair. That would be fair. And then she also get well, mind you, she would love hot butter and sugar chucked in her face. She'd lick it off. But typically, the male pedophiles have a long criminal history. Typically, so. sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Although, um, but, but you're right, though, because if this, if this woman was like the hot substitute teacher or something, because you, you see yeah. a lot of these women who are having sex with 17-year-olds, and when they're hot, you're just like, God, he probably got died from high fives like broke his hand <laughs> from all the high fives no but i mean we say that because it's it's jokey yeah you know it's jokey but when if it's, it's a woman the way around it. or when it's, it's a big sick, sod buster shameful. though oh yeah when it's a man it's yeah. definitely seen as shameful yeah there is definitely but a double standard shameful it fucking is it's disgusting <laughs> what do you have here for the second story Right, so I want to um, say it first, say thank you. Some of the people posted this on the sick and wrong page, but the first person who posted it, who I saw it, is my man down under, David Kenny from Queensland. So I want to say huh? thanks for sending this. You know, I love all the Aussie listeners. I've done like Aussie overkills and um, I fuck it, I love all the Australians. I've never met a bad Australian in my life. I do want to go there. We're going to do a tour in Australia. We'll have a good time. I've always wanted to go to Australia. I'm not scared of a huntsman spider. I want to go to dinner with one. Foster's Tour 2025. That's what we can call it. (laughs) So the headline of this one is, A Sydney hoarder killed man, then lived with the cops for 15 years. Whoa. 15 years. A man whose mummified remains were found inside a home on Sydney's lower North Shore after 15 years was shot dead during a botched break-in and entering that the coroner has said. God, who'd want to break into a hoarder's home? Fucking me, man. Yeah, well, how long would... You don't have that much time to, like, Think rifle all the through all their shit. Inside. All the treasures. 
Yeah, but you don't have that much time. You broke into someone's home. There is definitely different levels of hoarding, and we will get into the different levels of hoarding. Well, you would know. I would know. I've seen, I've seen the background of your house. You show me in the, uh, <laughs> the videos. It's like you, you hoard all sorts of weird shit. I may hoard weird shit, but that's a collection, and I tend to it, and I care for it, and I like Brick love it. Brick a brack. Yeah, my, um, my porcelain zoo, which is slowly becoming an army <laughs> one day. <laughs> well, what's, what scares me about that so you break into a hoarder's home, and usually it's like stacks of newspapers and magazines. Yeah, and my dad like, was getting like that. Well, it's when like he a died. labyrinth, like a labyrinthine yeah. maze. You have to, to you have to navigate to get through it. So it's like you're in this home. It's dark. it's like the movie Don't Breathe. I don't know if you ever saw that one. That's a cool movie with the blind guy. Yeah. But I so know. you're in this this dark home. You broke in there. You think there's going to be some treasure, and then it's like now you got some like gross disgusting hoarder who knows his disgusting. way all around the entire place oh yeah and it's like the and Viet you're Kong. lost yeah you're gonna like yeah you're exactly you're gonna have traps you're gonna end up like like this 15 year old uh corpse. but then you could break into like somebody like my house like oh andy warhol house andy warhol had loads of crazy collections and you could be like just pick up one cookie jar that is worth 250 quid and just be like i'm walking out with this steal one of kate rambo's enema bags all my enema bags. Don't please don't take any member of my porcelain zoo. I love them all dearly. I cry when they break. So an an inquest recently heard that Bruce Roberts shot and killed Shane Shellman in two thousand and two, and Mister Sh- Oh sorry Snellman Stellman. That's way more Aussie than Shellman. When he broke into his Greenwich home, Mister Roberts described by his fa- by his family as an extreme hoarder, a loner, and socially awkward kept Mr. Snellman's body hidden in a bedroom for 15 years. I don't think what else was in the bedroom, although they do give a little bit away. About well, I just wonder, like, was he buried under the hoard? Or did he make him, like, a tomb? Oh, like a little shrine. Well, he did keep more than 70 bottles of air freshener around his body in what they were describing as a conscious effort to mask the smell of his decomposing remains. Well, so, I mean, at that point, what if you just wrap the guy up, like, in plastic and duct tape? Yeah, so that no air can... It's the air that causes the rot. Yeah, just wrap it up. After 15 years, you think it would have just been mummified. Like a skeleton, yeah. Yeah, especially in like the Australian heat. But I mean, with the smell of a hoarder's home, I don't think you'd even notice. I don't think you would either. Yeah. So his niece, um, Tiana Snellman, said she wanted her uncle remembered as a generous man. He's a very loving man. He would do anything for anyone. He didn't deserve what he got. They always say that. Wait a second. Why Snellman is he breaking into broke, the home? Yeah, he broke into the guy's house. Oh, maybe he was breaking into the house because, you know, like in houses, people always go, oh, there's a witch who lives there. The witch lives there. Maybe the, he was breaking into it to be like, the hoarder lives there. I'm going to go in and fuck with him. He was going in there to steal his fosters. His precious fosters. No, it's oh, all I'm about. Sure there was, I'm sure he was like going in there to steal like money or whatever, anything of value. If somebody told me that locally there was a man who had hoarded like 250 cans of Castlemaine Forex in his um, basement, I am putting on, well, I already wear all black. I'm just going to wait for nightfall, which is the only time I leave the house anyways. And I'm going and sneaking into his basement and I'm taking that Castlemaine. I don't know. I don't like to break into anyone's home. Have I, yeah, I've kind of broken into someone's home in the past. I, I just don't trust it. You never know what's on the other side. You can break into homes here and maybe you'll get stabbed. You do it in the U.S., you'll get shot. Stabbed. Well, yeah, no, there is a difference. There is a definition. So um, 
Mr. The inquest has found out that Mr. Roberts, he barely left his Greenwich home, which he had inherited and now filled with his shit. And he'd also inherited about one million in shares. So he's not a poor man. So the hoarder had a lot Most of money. Most hoarders are like that, though. They, they aren't poor. Well, they're eccentric and weird, and that's why they started hoarding this stuff. However, that implies that maybe there was like a stash of money. Yeah, and, and he someone could have been worked going to around find the treasure, the buried treasure. So, in the weeks surrounding um, Mr. Roberts's death, there'd been a large buildup of uncollected mail out the front of the house. So, like all the neighbors were getting a bit like, "What we're gonna do about it?" So, they called the authorities on July twenty first, twenty seventeen. So, they came emergency services. They broke down the front door, and they had to maneuver themselves through the huge piles of rubbish. Which they'll have to do in my house, but it's not huge piles of rubbish. It's Elvis memorabilia. I hope they're respectful to it. You can eBay that stuff and make some money. And they found Mr. Roberts collapsed over a heater. Australian witness must be fucking harsh. God, he was wait. So Mr. Roberts is the uh, the hoarder. Yeah, the hoarder. So who shot him? I think he's just say he died of natural causes. Oh, he died of saying. natural causes. Yeah, probably okay. And so they not... went in the hoard. So did someone report like the? Yeah, the, the neighbors did because they saw that all his mail. Although was I'd be piling like, up, so they probably did a well like a welfare call. Yeah, but I'd be like, what's the difference between check. his mail piling up to his other piiles? Right. I mean, I, I, that to me I, is a harder when you're like. Who knows I bet you what those, the difference is? I bet you those neighbors were waiting for that guy to die. Fuck yeah, because it brings you down know? the value of the neighborhood. Yeah. So um, they, hire, they had to hire cleaners to come into Ew. this guy's house Ew. because of the hard. And they were the one who discovered Mr. Stellman's body on May the 29th, 2018. So that's quite a time difference wow, from when they found his years. body. No, I mean when they found um, the rich guy's body, Mr. Roberts. So they found his body... 2017 and then they're cleaning the home 2018 so a year later pretty much a year later they also found going through that horde rummaging through that horde take ages they also found 19 firearms um they through the inquest they actually couldn't find which gun he had used to kill the other guy to kill the intruder Mr. Snellman, he had last been seen in 2002. This is the very lovely man who's very generous, and we miss, miss him. He had a heart of fucking gold. Uh, yeah, he was last seen in 2002, pretty much after he'd gotten out of prison. Um, he'd been in prison for supplying drugs. But he yep, was, a, I tell you what, David, man. he had a fucking heart of gold, mate. <laughs> he didn't deserve to die. He was such a generous man. And uh, the other funny thing about Mr. Snellman is that <laughs> he had 66 cents to his name before he died. So I imagine the motive was to go in there and get his millions. Well, how generous could this guy be with 66 cents? Just 66 cents. He also had a history of petty crime. He'd been acquitted of murdering a homeless man when he was 15 years old. And the magistrates kind of conclude that he was murdered between October the 18th um, and the 24th of 2002. So it was only one guy one witness who could give evidence at this trial, because you're pretty much discovering two bodies, going into a property, discovering the homeowner collapsed, dead, over a heater, and then you're working your way through the heart of this kind of mansion, and then you're finding another fucking stinking corpse that's been laying there for 15, 15 years, years worth of rot in them. So it was the senior constable, Shane Spencer, who was the only witness to give evidence at the inquest. He was among the officers who 
was first forced entry into Mr. Roberts' home after the uh, neighbors had alerted the police. And he says, he was an extreme hoarder. I've never seen anything like it. I like how his family describes him that way. He was an eccentric man and an extreme hoarder. If your family's calling you an extreme hoarder, that's that's at the point where they're like, we don't even go over there. We gave up. Oh, I can't remember what the British telly show was. But there was a telly show about like where they would take like hoarders and they would go in and like clean the house and then three months later. It was like with the two old chicks. It's called Hoarders. That's the U.S. show. They do the same thing. Yeah, but it was like a. Di- it was called something different over here. It was like with the two old chicks, um, who were cleaners, and they, they would, would just go into come their in. home. Yeah, go into your home, and like they would overthrow it, and they would come back, and it would all be sparkling clean. But they would give you cleaning tips, darling, and this is how one of them talked. <laughs> she was very, very posh. She was a model in her younger days, darling. I wish I could remember the name of it, but they am tired. Um. So he was the guy, uh, this constable was the one who oversaw the homicide investigation into Mr. Snellman's death, which was 15 years unsolved on the books. He told the court that there had to be no other alternative than that Mr. Roberts killed Mr. Snellman. Do you, you know what this reminds me of? Do you ever see that movie, Swiss Army Man? No, what's that? It? It's a movie with uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Paul okay. Dano. And, uh, oh, I like Paul Dano. Yeah, Paul He's Dano. Well, really so good. Daniel Radcliffe plays like this corpse that just farts a lot, but it's like a corpse. <laughs> right. And they're on like this, I don't know, like an island. It's been a long time since I saw it, but they're on like an island or something. They're abandoned together. And uh, yeah, like he, he discovers, Dano discovers this corpse in the woods and becomes like best friends with it. So I wonder if this hoarder, who probably has no human contact, family doesn't it. come around. I wonder if they were like, best friends like i think he kept the body around because it was his only friend like his pet and it would be kind of like tom hanks in a uh, castaway castaway exactly like uh, wilson but he'd murdered him well he murdered him but at the same time it's like after a while it's like he probably became close with the corpse they probably spent holidays together it does show that one day your heart can come in useful though can help you commit a crime until you die because he never would have been convicted of this crime. do they have pictures of the horde they do have pictures of the hard. We'll and have no, to post it to the website. It does not look like my house. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm really. I'll have to be the judge of that because I've seen the pictures. You've you've been in other rooms when we do the zooms, the zoom calls here, and I've seen the background, and I know it's a hoard. There is nothing I enjoy more than tinkering and pottering and polishing my wares on a quiet Saturday afternoon. I look after my tings. Yeah, your piles and piles of rubbish. There's not piles and piles of rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, what, didn't you say you have one room that's just filled with used condoms? Oh, no, that was in my old house. Oh, okay. I've upgraded since then. Now it's just enema bugs. Oh, well, that's glitter good. Glitter enema bugs. D start advertising our glitter enema. I wink, think wink. it's good. Yeah. yeah Check out our glitter quitters. <laughs> Coming up next. One of you guys is going to get a glitter bag in the face. <laughs> bigger the bills, bigger the thrills. <laughs> People send your stories. Stick around podcast, gmail.com. There's some phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032. But first, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I've bought them all. 
When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do y'all flick my balls? I put a spell on you. Because of my... So you got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Remember to keep it under three minutes. Um, oh, he'll punish you with an enema. Yeah, you will be punished. You will be tied to your bed with dirty sheets. <laughs> You'll get an enema. A glitter enema. An enema. Glitter enema. <laughs> this first call is from, uh, remember that guy? We were talking about the, the Tinder romance with the butthole. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Cool. The Tinder butthole guy. Tinder butthole guy. Oh, man. Fuck. I'm giving a, a follow-up call. Me and the uh, butthole picture girl from Tinder, we're fucking broken up. <sighs> Like, this bitch is fucking the worst, man. Say it ain't so. I can't believe this. I think someone's doing some trolling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief here and go with okay, this. Okay, right, I'll go with you. I'll suspend my disbelief to I'm going with this, but uh, I'm shocked. I thought this was... Shocked I, and appalled. I thought this was going to be a marriage. Love at first, asshole. We're, we're over. Uh, I, I should have seen this shit coming it turns out she's fucking crazy she's fucking crazy <laughs> what <laughs> who would have thunk that i don't know like every time we fuck she, she would like uh want me to hit her in the face i thought that was really weird uh, i guess that's what you call like red flag or something i don't know for me enemas are a red flag but that's just me when you have to get tops out to have sex that that's the red flag for me Girls who get a wide on when they're taking a shit. <laughs> that is a red flag. Bitch. Well, I think, no, I, that's not true. Like, some of the relationship was good. It wasn't all bad. Like, some of it was, was pretty good. You know, like... Uh, the pictures of her asshole. Like, she let me <laughs> fuck her in the ass a lot. That was kind of cool. She used to... Oh, oh, she let me come on her face. That was pretty good. It was... It, it was just the other part of the re- relationship that really sucked, you know, like the part, the part where you have to like hang. The tender moments when you're hanging out and you're you're picking out a film, you're watching Love Actually, you know that kind of thing. This virgin who is calling this uh, phone call, I don't really like him. <laughs> I admire his style. I was wondering though, is it a man or is it a lesbian? It's a man. It's a virginal man. You think it's like a 16-year-old kid? This is like a 16-year-old skater guy who's like, you know, pretty cool, but he's definitely a virgin. <laughs> I think it's it's a person who uses a they-them pronoun and is like 24 to 25. Possibly. Also could be a virgin, too. I just could get be, a bit of a virgin, virgin vibe from You're getting them. a virgin just because of like what they're saying? Like, it's just a, come just, on your face. Yeah, I just get a bit of a virginal vibe. No, there's nothing wrong being a virgin. Hey, I'm still suspending my disbelief here, okay? I think it's the Tinder butthole guy. I know. I'm so sad that they've broken up already. 
with her and talk to her and shit. That part fucking sucked, man. Anyways, we're done. We're fucking done. So I'm going to the doctor and I'm getting my dick checked for dick disease. <laughs> uh, that makes me think like maybe she's not a virgin. I don't know. I didn't ask her. Maybe, maybe she is. Maybe she is a virgin, guys. I don't know. Maybe she is. But just in case, I'm getting my dick checked for dick disease. So dick let disease. me know what you think. Uh, yeah, you know, good luck to me. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I like this looking guy. I like the cut of his chin, man. I still think he's a lesbian. I, well, lesbian, boy, whatever. I don't give a <laughs> shit. This person, I like the cut of their chin. I like their style. And I also think dick disease would be a really good, like, um, Name if you were for writing. A child. Or a child. It's what maybe schmools could have been called. Dick disease. But I, I think like if that. you did, like, a film noir, you could call it detective dick disease. I'm writing a razzle story here. And he would go and investigate the sluts. to find, And he'd be like, I need to find out if you have a disease or not. I'm going to put my dick in you. And it would, like, glow red. Or it would be like, go, wow, wow, wow. Do you disease. think that this kid, who sounds like a lesbian... Had, has ever had a dick disease? No, because even they don't have a dick to ever have had a disease, but they, they're certainly a virgin. Yeah, I think so too. But, but I love the cut of these jeans. But at the same time, I appreciate the call, and it makes me wonder what is going on with, with the Tinder, Tinder butthole, butthole guy. guy. I would like to know how their relationship is, because it's moving fast. It's moving faster than the speed of sound. It's a very fast moving relationship. And we gave him some like stuff that he could do for her to please her. So I'd like to know if he's done anything like that. Where I would send her a signed picture of Goatsy. That's what people can do for you. You've a been a non-fungible token of Goatsy. That's yes. what D really wants. He wants a bag of diamonds and a non-fungible token. An whatever. NFT of uh, Goatsy. That's what I want. Uh, thank you there, butthole tender guy. And I think you should uh, go back. I think you should go outside of uh, the, the Tinder girl's house with a boom box. And you should play, I don't know, like. I can't live. That if works. Living is without you. I was going to say Electric Avenue, but <laughs> I don't know why. I was thinking that's Electric <laughs> Avenue. And then you take, take me higher. higher. Yeah, that will win her back. I like this. I like this dick disease troll, and um, I, I wanted him to continue on his, this savage reign of trolling. Troll everyone, dick disease. Kate Rambo, no stranger to dick disease. Fuck no. <laughs> All right, call number two here. Um, is uh, you might recognize this guy. Hey, Dean, Kate, it's uh, Walden Scott here again. Hello. Um, I just wanted to propose. A to me. sister or brother group. We've not even to met the now Vart collective that we're seeing, headed by Kate Rambo. Uh, and I want to. Are you talking about the Vart help group? Does she have like a Vart support group or something? No, I'm like the head of the Vart committee. You remember, and Big T Goff Detective is the uh, the secretary and treasurer because I can't be trusted with money because I spend it on um, porcelain animals. Is it like a gang or is it a support group where women can go like? It's, no, it's more my, official than that. Yeah, my name is Stella and I varted. Stella, it's just more official than that. We're wanting to get the word of varts out there, and I imagine the next group now is going to be about: Have you ever felt horny while taking a shit? 
<laughs> we'll have to come up well, with Well, I think a one leads right into the other. True. Pledge. The male version of this group called the SARTs, S-A-R-T, which is all about a scrotum fart. I know we've been talking a lot about the fart bubble and now also uh, the fart marble, which I think is, a, is an excellent term for the fart bubble. And the SART, which is scrotums, are... <laughs> scrotums are really terrific. They really are. As well. So I would say scrotums are really tolerable. Like, you, you tolerate them. Like, do, do girls really love the scrotum? It's not like... I don't hate a scrotum. I'm not yeah, mean but to I a mean, scrotum. But I know you have to be genital. Is it your favorite part of a guy's junk? No, my favorite part of a guy is usually his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and then the gooch. And then the gooch. Ah, but, but what the, I'm saying is, like, I don't think girls are like, God, I loved his nutsack. He had such a great I have set n- of bollocks. Yeah. I've never once, um, f- I can't even tell you what any of my ex-boyfriend's balls look like. Then they're not what you remember. Unless there's something like really fucking gnarly and weird uh, about them. So you've never had them like covering your eyes like a pair of goggles? Well, of course. That's all fun and japes. I've had I've been smurfed. It's all good shit. <laughs> like it's all funny in that moment. But it's not something I think the difference is with varting is that vaginas are actually terrific and vaginas are I'd... fun and like they're funny things. Even though I think they're ugly, they are funny things and it's like fun to own one. They make funny noises. And they make funny noises like creeping and varts. But whereas scrotums are kind of a bit disgusting. Yeah, but they're tolerable. They're tolerable. So, and like there's bat winging and like I see so many men with their hands down their pants at least like But th- what I'm saying 10 times a day. Is you tolerate them because if they weren't there it'd be well now it's weird. Well now you're you castrated have no and you have a very high voice. Yeah, so I think we should change this instead of scrotums are really terrific okay, which okay. they're not terrific. They're tolerable. They're also our weakness. I think they're tolerable. Scrotums are really Tolerable. Yep. I like it. Okay. It's a form a joint alliance here and have the Vart and Sart connection. A bit like the rock and sock connection from WWF. But, awesome. You know, Appreciate much the more reference. Grosser and involves a lot more poop particles, which I'm happy about. So Walden's into poop particles. <laughs> you can tell. It sounds like it. <laughs> by his voice. I think we need to come together as a as a collective and educate the world. The, the Vart and Sart are terrible afflictions that we all need to um Well, they're not we afflictions, mate. Not afflictions, they just fucking happen. Like, sometimes you'll go to the bathroom and you'll maybe get a little bit horny. <laughs> Wait, are you saying a Vart makes you horny? No, a Vart doesn't make you horny, but I'm saying sometimes you go to the bathroom, maybe you'll, like, have a shit well, and you'll feel a bit you horny. you go to the bathroom Honestly, I'm not alone. taking a shit. I'm not alone. And if it turns out that I am alone, well, it's, like, just a superpower that I have and everyone else can <laughs> fucking suck it. <laughs> a super fetish, yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> Never mind COVID-19. Never mind any of that rubbish. It's all about the Vart and Sart connection. Rock on. Uh, sign up today at www.vartandsart.cart.ucart. I was about to look then. And, uh, and pledge your allegiance now. Uh, and that's all I've really got for you this week. Thank you. Keep farting. <laughs> keep trapping them in your vaginas <laughs> and the scrotal regions. Don't be ashamed of it. Say it loud and proud. 
And if you haven't experienced the Vart or the Sart, then just take a seat in some tight jeans, <laughs> let one go, <laughs> and just feel that marble roll into your crevice. Both ends, yeah. That's it, guys. Enjoy. Adios, motherfuckers. Well, thank you there, Walden Scott. What a great motivational speaker. There's few motivational speakers like that I can think of. He, no, he's very empowering. I, like, I'm, I I'm feel like empowered. I'm like right now. I'm I like, am. I'm, I wish I could start if I could right now, but I can't. I would tell, why? Where have you, has your scrotum gone out to a club No, or my something? pants aren't tight enough. Right, that's true. At this true. moment. But, but so my, my question is, <laughs> would <laughs> the Vart Queens be the dearest of friends or the worstest of enemies with the Sart Queens? What do you mean the Sart? Oh, the Sart Queens? No, I'm saying it. So he's saying Vart and Sart should be like comrades at arms. Well, we should. I'm wondering, would they be or would like the, the Vart say like, no. We have a real, we, we experience a real thing here. What you guys are doing, you guys just have balls and the, the bar's not really. Like, no, no, no. I think um, I'm all. You think comrades idea, in arms. My idea of feminism is that everything is equal. Everything okay. is equal. Well, I, I guess that was my question. Do you think there's some feminist varters that would be like, they would we not be not allowed. I would. The starters. As the president of the Vartas, that is as high as I'm taking myself now. I'm now president. Any women that wants to get militant, militant about not the men's being able to uh, do the same ability with their scrotum, out the club. I don't care how good a Varta you are, you're out. So you're an inclusive group then? Everyone, yeah. If you can, we can all do it. It's all about equality, it's all about experiencing the same things. And going through it all together. Gen- after, we're gender fluid, mate. After this show, let's go get bartonsart.co.uk, bartonsart.com. Dot com? Where are you getting that type of money from? We'll get both. What? Where's this money coming from? I don't have these bags of diamonds lying around like you do. Fucking Patreon. What, with our 10 people on there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying we'll fundraise for it. Uh, thank you, Walden Join the Scott. Patron. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even thank now. You. Now I feel like I got to make a Sart shirt that says "Scrotums are really tolerable." I feel that is the, yes, and oh, we should. Um, when I come out to LA um, for fun times, we should meet and have both the t-shirts on. Oh, I'll wear a Sart shirt. You'll wear, wear a Vart shirt. shirt. Yes, that'd be a good photo moment. That'd be a good photo op. I'm I'm uh. down for this. You've got to make it. Cheers, All well right. done. Uh, last call we have here is Mike from the Third Reich. Remember this guy? Yeah, he sounds familiar. Yeah, he used to call in every now and then and kind of test Harrison's knowledge about Nazis. Oh, he, is he coming for me? Nah, well, not exactly. I think he's oh. more coming for me. Oh, I was about to say, my knowledge is good. Sigurdon, this is Mike from the Third Reich. I haven't Hi-oh. called in in a while, but I have been listening to the show. Uh, I was really bummed when Harrison left, uh, but you know what? The last couple of episodes that he were, he was on were almost unlistenable. Um, sounds like he really had some demons going on. Wish him the best, uh, but yeah, maybe it was just time for him to go. Anyway, the reason that I'm calling is I have a little bit of a bone to pick with you, Mr. Simon. <laughs> uh, I just have one question for you. Get in line. Are you a fucking rotundo? Yes. <laughs> yes. We both are. How much drinks cost in San Francisco? 
Hey, listen, D, I get that your brother lives up there and your sister and Shmuley, they all live up there, man. But you know what? I love San Francisco too, man. But I stopped going up there about 10 years ago because everything's so fucking expensive. Why do you think your favorite record store is gone, man? Your favorite taqueria? Why do you think there's so many homeless people there, man? They can't afford to live in the city, so that's why they live on the fucking street. And the reason that those bars charge so much money for their fucking drinks is because the vent is so effing high. Well, listen, man. I get it. No, I agree with you, dude. Don't go out looking to drink in San Francisco if you're not prepared. I agree with you, dude. I really do. It's the same for any city. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Los Angeles isn't that much cheaper in drink prices in San Francisco. London isn't. Yeah, no, fucking London, New York City is the same deal. I was bitching because I've, I was just bitching because we weren't even inside the establishment and yet they were charging that much. I feel like it's, it's kind of like a COVID thing where they're trying to like, you know, overcompensate on costs. Like they're trying to figure out like how to like catch up on their costs and the money that they've lost over the past few months. But then again, I mean, fucking Los Angeles is the same deal. You're going to pay like, $14 $14 for a margarita. He was saying, though, that he's not been to San Fran for, like, how long? Over a decade? Because of the prices? It was still pretty expensive, even comparatively back then. Yeah, well, I've always heard that about San Francisco. That It's it's not like, you know, New York in the 70s where you can go and get a condo and it's fucking cheap. Mike from the Third Reich, where do you live? Do you live in, like, California? Because California is more expensive than most other places. Yeah, you're paying for, what is it they call the sunshine tax? It's fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I honestly question why I live there. I'm right now for my job, but I question why I live there. You love West Hollywood. Well, you you love all the boys of West Hollywood. I like the Jews. You're, you're in, I'm living with my you're, people. You're living with your people. And you're over people. No, it's going like to come out on LA. the podcast soon. L.A. Not like L.A. LA. It's the, the weather's a lot better. Hey, believe me, I'm sure it's a lot better than fucking Cumbria. I live on the borders, and yes, it's I'm probably sure like, it is because it's like it fucking is just summer. Or it's like the beginning of spring. It's probably still freezing over there. It has been very cold, and it has torrentially rained pretty yeah, much see? every day for so, about yeah, nine. I like, I yeah, like West Hollywood better. Into, like, this is such a British conversation now. Let's talk about the weather, darling. No, I'm saying I like West Hollywood better than fucking Cumbria, <laughs> wherever the fuck you live. <laughs> the borders. <laughs> but I'm sure drinks are probably cheaper where you live. Fuck yeah. Pay a bunch of money. And why the hell did you want to go to a bar with a bunch of fucking uh, libtard white people that was playing gypsy j- music anyway? Yes. Fucking libtards. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Mike from the Fed right there. I'd just be like, walk on by. Uh, no, the reason being is there's no bars open. This is like, there are only like three bars open. So we walk by one and we're like, oh, fuck it. Let's just do a drink. One of those things. But yeah, it was annoying and it was very libtardy. Fuck. Anyway. I just thought I'd ask. Uh, loving the show? Love you, Kate. Ooh. <laughs> he calls in for part two. Oh, nice. I like him. Hey, Mike from the Third Reich again. Man, I feel like such a jerk. Hey, congratulations to uh, to Irritable sister and Jer. Ah, uh, thank uh, you. Congratulations to them. Indeed, I want to give you pre-condolences on the death of Joffrey. I mean, if you can't even walk up a hill, good God, man. It's frightening. Tell Joffrey, tell Joffrey to start taking better care of himself. Good Lord. All right. Toodles. 
Toodles. I love everybody's calling him Joffrey. Thank you, Mike, uh, from the Third Reich. I, yeah, I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm actually really concerned about my brother. Yeah, if you can't, I do love the fact that when you told that story, I remember you said he got to the top of the hill and then you just sparked up a cigarette. <laughs> he was like leaning on a like a, a street sign and he was leaning and he was out of breath. Smoking a fog. No, well, after like he was out of breath, but like at that point we're going to the right or whatever, so the street was leveled out. And yeah, he pulls open a pack of Camel cigarettes and just starts smoking a cigarette. And we all have this one mate. But both me like, and my sister were like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> what I like about Jeffrey is Jeffrey has been his own person since he was like eight. You can't tell Jeffrey what to do. He will never change. And even if he dies young, do you know what? He has lived his life on his own fucking terms. And a lot of people can't say that about himself. Yeah, you know, and that that is one thing I admire. But I still think it's like, yeah, you're probably going to die much earlier than you, you have well, to. What? Do, well, what? Is he going to be here for another 30 fucking years doing what? Having the diabetes? Well, he definitely already has the diabetes. That's what I mean, what? Is he going to succumb to the diabetes and start losing extremities and then try and just cling on to, like, some tiny part of life? I'm kind of with Joffrey on this. I do like saying Joffrey instead of Jeffrey. And just taking that... that's what my sister say. Yeah, oh, just, like, taking that wild ride out. Mike from the Third Reich, yeah, I think he's right. No, I agree with that, but at the same time, it's kind of a bummer because I love my brother, and I'd be bummed if... I I think the world's a better place with my brother in it. Oh, I agree. I love your brother, too. Me and your brother definitely bonded. But at the same time, I learned a while ago, we can't influence someone else's life. It's their choice. You do what you want to do. And, I mean, my... We tried many interventions with my brother. <laughs> Me and my sister tried like three actual real interventions. And uh, How long did he last in rehab? I think one time he lasted two weeks. One time he lasted like three days. <laughs> and the other time he didn't even go. Yeah. <laughs> he just like, fuck it. So it, it got I to the point. Yeah, well, it got to the point where me and my sister were just like. That's it now. Well, you either you know, accept him for who he is or you just don't talk to the person. And that's usually what happens when you're, you know, dating an addict. It's like either you you accept them for who they are and just deal with it or you just cut them out of your life. That's kind of how it is with all family, though, because sometimes family can be a fucking asshole, but you could like, you know, you love them and you like them as a person. So it's like you've just got to get over that hurdle. It's like me and drunk dad. He was a fucking asshole, but I loved him. But I mean, that's can't the thing. change people. Well, me and my sister came to the the point, the pivotal moment. It's like, do we want him in our lives or do we not? And I do. I'm, I love my brother. I want him one in my life. So it's like, if he wants to d- do it, fine. It just sucks, sucks. to you guys. But yeah. well, you know, he's got that gumption. I like I like his his metal, his patter, as the Scottish people would say. <laughs> Thank you, Mike from the Third Reich. Yeah, appreciate thanks, that, Mike. Uh, people call Signal on hotline 323-522-4032. Um, Kate's been posting some stuff on Reddit recently and uh, commenting on a lot of photos. There's been a lot of, of funny uh, memes going on there. Yeah, there's some great people posting on uh, Reddit at the minute. People I don't recognize. Anonymous. Yeah. So go to uh, Reddit. Do a search for r slash sick and wrong podcast. No spaces. 
and go check out the Sick and Wrong Reddit page where you can post whatever the fuck you want and you're not going to get banned. You're not going to be in Facebook jail. There's no Reddit jail. No, I approve every post. Nothing is too spicy, guys. Yeah. And if you want some some spicy stuff, Always. go to the Patreon. Patreon's spicy. Yeah. Patreon's spicy because usually uh, Kate and I are kind of drunk when we're doing it. And it's also kind of like we I, – I think the difference is, is – we we can't control who listens to the regular podcast. You know, we got thousands of listeners. A lot of people listen to it. I don't know if they're kids or whatever, but the people that listen to the Patreon, they're a paying for it. Group, yeah. So it's a select group. So it's kind of like we can kind of let loose on the Patreon. Yeah, you know? I really enjoyed the Patreon. Yeah, so and we, what's can, going we can on there. Yeah, so we we can use a lot more like I don't know artistic license going on the Patreon. So it's a lot of fun. Also, what I do appreciate what's going on right now on the Patreon, which we haven't had before, it's more of a community now. People are commenting. People are, like, emailing. And, I mean, part of the reason is, like, you know, in the past, I didn't have time to, like, really engage as much on the Patreon, but I'm trying to a little bit more. But Kate has been doing a great job, like, messaging people, commenting on people. And people, and, like, replying to people's comments, and people are commenting on a post. So it's kind of become, like, more of a thing now. Yeah, I love it. I love all the people on Patreon. A Patreon family. It is a little Patreon family. And, like, and then there's the Discord you have uh, access to. But w- regardless. Which is also great as well. It is. Yeah, it yeah, really is. No, it's cool. The Discord it, too. I, I really admire it, and I appreciate everybody for uh, signing up for it. And, I mean, for the to be honest, I mean, you're supporting the show. That's what You're keeping us going. You're supporting the arts. So if you do li- you're I mean, you like... You're supporting the us, bots. You're supporting... The Varts. If and you do socks. like us, just uh, you know, kick us a few, a few dollars, you know, a couple quid, and uh, just for five bucks a month, you get an extra story. You get some phone calls this week. We actually played uh, Wad the Wad called in with a three part call, detailing his ancestral relationship with his cousin. I love the Wad. I love the Wad's calls, and it was this was a great story. I was shocked. That we they, have. I was shocked that they had a deformed child that they had to sell to the gypsies <laughs> for that traveling carnival. I had no idea it was going to go Stop that way. Stop talking about my first okay. abortion. All right. I got to I got to stop letting things go. But yeah, so for 5 bucks you get a story, you get some phone calls, and then for a few bucks more you get the sick and wrong news segment. Which and is this fun. week Yeah, this week as I mentioned we talked about the Charlie bit my finger kid. We talked about Sinhead O'Connor who called Sinhead. Prince Sinhead Sinead oh. O'Connor. I thought it was Sinhead. Dear. Sinead. Um, Sinead O'Connor called Prince a violent abuser of women and claimed that he terrorized and physically assaulted her in his mansion 30 years ago. She's a fucking liar. We also um, discussed in detail a man who let beef rot for months to get drunk in the high meat craze that's going on. Yeah, but he probably won't take the vaccine because of what's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the type of stuff we talk about in the news, things that don't make it on the show. And then for the bonus episode this week, Sick and Wrong Overkill, um, Kate did a whole show on whether Marilyn Monroe died from an enema. And other enema stories. Other enema deaths. Yeah, I went back it's to Portly, London. There's a, a story about kings and queens of London. Um, probably one of the most famous murder cases in Britain, if you don't know about it. I had a lot of fun putting this one together. So we do a lot of extra content on the Patreon, and uh, we appreciate when you support us. Patreon.com slash sick and wrong. 
Also, if you want to buy some Sick and Wrong merch, there's a lot of merch at the Tee Public Sick and Wrong store. Um, not sure if they have a sale going on this week, probably. <laughs> Just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. Click on the picture of the Pope and go check out what we're selling. We're selling a lot of stuff. Uh, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week, I was, I was like, you know, struggling to find an apropos tune. Let's put this punty D, we argued. We did argue. We're not playing my pick. I'm taking it on the chin. Well, because your pick my wasn't pick even about good. enemas. Doesn't matter that it's not about enemas. It was good song. And like, I wanted, I'm keeping I it wanted in my something back thematic. I didn't want something that wasn't about the theme of the show. The theme of the show was enemas. So we're going to end the show here with a song called Primitive Enema, which my is the title is track from the debut album, Primitive Enema okay. by LA punk band uh, Butt Trumpet. It is a good. It is like quite good though. I do like. Uh, it. Yeah, it came out in 1994, produced by uh, Giza X, who uh, Giza Gideon, who actually I know that guy. He's friends with my friend Lenora, and he came on the Obscenesters, a show I did a while ago. Uh, but he's a great producer. I mean, he's been around in the LA punk scene since the 70s. Um, he produced uh, Dead Kennedys, Germs, Red Cross, Black Flag, Avengers, The Weirdos. All amazing bands. Yeah, yeah. No, this Apart guy's... from this band. <laughs> no, this... this band is good. <laughs> uh, but I mean, this guy, like, he actually produced Lexicon Devil, which is, you know, a seminal mm-hmm. record. Um, lots of great stories when I remember when I met him. But Butt Trumpet's like a Los Angeles-based punk band um, founded, er, like, late 80s, went around their... Well, actually, they're still going today, which blows my mind. Oh, yeah, because it'll be like the drummer can't give it up. Yeah, it's one of those bands that has like, I don't know, 60 different members, you know? Yeah, like DOA or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But they became famous in 1994 because Primitive Enema was banned from sale in a Massachusetts town nice. after a mother heard her 12 year old daughter listening to it and said it was audio porn and complained. 12 year olds would listen to it. <laughs> it's a new song for 12 year olds. Anyway, it's thematic. We're going to sh- end the show here with <laughs> Primitive Anima by the LA punk band Butt Trumpet. People will be back next week with episode 793. Till then, take it sleazy.